This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new episode of Geekscape. I'm your host, Jonathan London. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, we like to talk movies, video games, comic books, TV. Some writing is coming up on this episode. We're going to be talking to young adult author Eric J. Brown. He's got a brand new book uh, coming up. And uh, it's available early next year, but you can pre-order it right now. It's called All That's Left in the World. We'll be talking about that. Writing young adult fiction in general. Uh, tons of stuff. Katie will be joining me here in a bit. Um, but I got to say, I would really love it if y'all took the time right now to hit the share button on this podcast, whether you're listening to it or watching it on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. And I don't know, just share it with your friends. If you don't like Geekscape, I don't know why you're here, but share it with your enemies. I really don't care who you share it with. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or maybe Google Play, is that a thing? Uh, write a review. It really helps our visibility out. And um you know, we've been doing this for 15 years. We celebrated episode 600 a week or so ago. It's just been a, it's been a nuts. And, um, and I do love y'all so much for listening to the show for this long. Those of you who have, um, and also, uh, before I, I logged in to do the show today, I saw on Instagram, our, our very own good friend in Long Island, Big Yanks had donated blood for the first time in his life as part of our Geekscape Gives initiative. We're trying to get you all out there to donate blood in memory of our Geekscapist that we lost, um, Chris Ellis. And you know what? We couldn't save Chris, but we can save a lot of people by going out there and donating blood. So it's real easy. Just find your nearest blood bank, maybe the Red Cross. ABB.org is a great resource here in the United States. Uh, They can find a blood bank near you. Um, and then just go and donate. You can donate blood. You can donate uh, platelets. It's all needed because COVID definitely, definitely, definitely ravaged the blood supply here in the United States and around the world. So wherever you are, go donate blood. It's really going to help out. And that's what we're doing right now. So it really made me feel great to see that Big Yank, somebody who had never donated before, was donating blood. 
uh, in Chris's name. Uh, that was huge. And I will get emotional if I talk about it too much. So we should carry on with the show. Um, another thing that I got emotional about, uh, I gotta, I gotta tell Katie about this. So I'll bring her in here in a bit, but, um, I, I gotta warn her. Uh, y'all know Katie's dating this amazing human being named Mark and Mark. If you remember when he was on the show, Mark is a very, very big, um, GI Joe fan. And I just think that it is important, um, responsibility wise for me to, um, make sure that Mark does not go see the theatrical film snake eyes. Um, and you know what? I don't like knocking movies, um, on this show, but I gotta tell you, uh, this movie was, um, well, it was it was tough, and I know that Mark is a huge Snake Eyes fan, and then and I almost invited Katie and Mark to the movies to see this um, because I you know me I like these these Hollywood films and I like the action movies and I don't care how silly or dumb they are. Um, usually, I just like going to the movies and having a good time. <laughs> I that that didn't happen with the Snake Eyes, so let's bring Katie in here. And, uh, oh no! Katie, I, I, you know it takes <laughs> like, a lot for, for a movie. We're, to, we're, for me we're to not expecting mm. like amazingness. Like we're not expecting Oscar worthy. We're not expecting Marvel. But like, it was that bad. Like, yeah. don't even watch it. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. we 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 understood watching the trailer. It was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like it's yeah. gonna be maybe something, but like maybe not. Okay, so Katie, um, okay. I, I I like GI Joe. Is it Mortal Kombat level? Yes, I will oh, say that I, I will say that Snake Eyes is comparable to the most recent Warner Brothers attempt at, at reinvigorating, re, relaunching the Mortal Kombat franchise. Um, I got to <laughs> tell you, if, if you're going to watch like '80s toys being reenacted and like re- revamped, uh, I think that Masters of the Universe series that came out on Netflix is fantastic. Nope, I'm very it's, excited. It's, so much fun to watch i think the writing clips it's got tons of character i really really love that master of the universe kevin Smith, why not yeah yeah and uh-huh. you know congrats congrats to kevin as of the recording of this today kevin, <laughs> one, of our, one of my is kevin is now uh i think 51 years old and he's started shooting clerks three today so congratulations kevin you came on the podcast years ago to promote clerks two so maybe you'll come back on to promote clerks three so when um, i was working at machinima he told us the story of clerks one and like how he had the script in the back of his trunk for one of his cars and like it got broken into and everything got stolen but his like notes for clerks one um is a whole thing anyway so so let's talk the snake eyes all right because this movie yes and and here's the thing because i don't again i don't like knocking our artists and filmmakers and i think i think henry golding is a effing star i think he's amazing amazing i've seen him in things i didn't like but i loved him and so i think i I will just watch i would watch that guy chew I would I would watch that guy like chew a cardboard box for an hour and pay for it. Like I, I think he's just charismatic okay. and fantastic. You your Pornhub searches, that's fine. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I think I think he's amazing. Okay. Uh, this movie is flawed from the very beginning. Oh, it establishes no. it, it. They they want to start a new GI Joe universe over there with uh, Hasbro and and 
and uh, Paramount and Mattel. Yeah. M- maybe the way to do that is not hiring the dude who made RIPD over at Universal. <laughs> um, but they did. And it's okay. I don't know how many writers were responsible for this, but the very first scene is a father son scene where, you know, the father is like walking with the young snake eyes and you know, the young snake eyes and he are walking through the Tell woods. Tell me he's and- in a helmet too. No, no, oh, no, no. Darn. They are, they, it, this is some lifetime original stuff that's going on here. And okay. they're in a, they're in like a safe house out in the woods. And I thought that it would be like Eric, like Eric Bana in like Hannah, the Joe Wright movie where he trains his daughter, where he's running to be like a, like a young ninja. Do you remember the movie Hannah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I thought it was gonna be like this. Like this guy's gonna train young snake eyes, right, and then ob- and like, obviously he's gonna get killed off by somebody because from his that's past. that's the way of the wisdom figure, you know. Like you, you gotta have pass to. it on. Yeah, there is no like... training of the snake eyes. There is killing of the dad, <laughs> and the, and by 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 villains you know, it, who is Bambi Bambi esque. You know, you have to have oh, something to strive no, for. No, no, no. no. The Snake Eyes in this movie wants to find the people responsible for his dad. He allows himself to become almost 30 years old before really pursuing it. <laughs> but in the first scene, you've He's got the like, dad. He's just like, I gotta like, oh, live Katie, my life. Katie, please. We, we have got, I, I, I'm not going to get through this if you keep interrupting me. This is hard for me. <laughs> he, he takes his son when he knows that they've been compromised. And he hides him in a back room and is like, don't come out no matter what. The kid's going to come out, by the way. As the bad guys are about to kill the dad, who you find out later was like a G.I. Joe operative in hiding. I'll go ahead and spoil this movie. Uh, They see the little kid witness the murder. And the little kid jumps out a window and escapes. And the bad guy goes to the boss and is like, kid got away. That was it. (laughs) The little snake guys got away from these bad guys with guns and vehicles and this little bastard jumps out a window and runs away and he gets away from these paramilitary bad guy figures. And then you fast forward to Henry Golding in these underground tournaments fighting <laughs> later on. And I guess at that point, he's not that good of a fighter, but you never see him train with ninjas. And some guy shows up and says, basically something along the lines of, if you do work for me, I'll find the man responsible for killing your dad. And I'm like, well, glad you showed up and handed that to him because that dude wasn't going to do it. Like, he was just not doing anything. And and throughout the movie, he just gets handed everything. And, you know, people sure. are upset because, because Snake Eyes is supposed to be mute and Snake Eyes is supposed to be blind, I guess. Is At he? no point in this movie did you have the father training the young Snake Eyes so he could have later Snake Eyes abilities. Okay. You had no point where, like, maybe it was like the kid had witnessed such a horrific murder of his father that, which wasn't that that horrific did just get shot but I just, I, um i need to be said like i love how much you're so angry about katie, this that you're like katie, shut the fuck katie, up katie. katie i need to keep going katie, and you're like katie. so katie <laughs> uh, so katie at no point does he take a vow of silence at no point do we he never Why goes mute he? in this movie because he talks he's to the, the whole movie. Char- he's the main character. You can't make him go yes, mute. Yes, you can. I okay. watched Pig with Nicolas Cage. Dude says like five lines in the entire movie, and it's fantastic, and it's really good. You could absolutely have characters who are mute or say very little and make them engaging characters. But guess what? You're actually going to have to write something good in order to convey emotion. That's true. Like, it's, it's, you can actually have mute characters. 
it's not a problem. I think a Snake Eyes movie could have been done really well with a mute character. Do you expressing think that there could be a really good Zelda movie with a Link mute character? Yes. Okay. It would be an animated movie. We would give it to Hayao Miyazaki to do. And mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli would knock that silent, no-talking Studio Link Zelda Ghibli movie out of the fucking park. Don't play with me. I <laughs> I had a better... Listen, I live... London. I live, two, I live five mi- a five-minute drive from this movie theater. I had a better Snake Eyes movie in my head by the time I pulled it in the garage. Like, it is just, this is not that movie, G.I. Joe fans. This is not it. This this movie, he lets the bad guys get away. He, he's got mixed, mixed, like, Where's goals. how I know you're not connected to anybody in this movie? Because you're telling your actual opinion. <laughs> I, I, think not Henry Golding, I think Henry Golding's great. And I think the dude from the raid who's in this movie and not used very well is great. Wait, who? Um, the main, you ever watched the raid the, where they take the tower and whip some ass. It's like an Indonesian movie. The, the main dude in that is okay. fantastic. He's right. in this. They don't use him. <laughs> There's a scene bad. where the snake eyes gets dropped in a pit and these massive snakes come out of nowhere. And like, because he has snake to, eyes. No, he has to pass a test where these giant pythons like circle around him. And I don't know who puts the like the, the giant pythons back after they've been released in the pit, but I guess they go back because they're just like you have to touch this like London, slab and then the, these like... things open up and the snakes come out. But I don't know how the snakes go back in. Like there's no rancor keeper from the damn snakes. <laughs> like, like, nothing. <laughs> Katie, what I'm telling you is this movie is nonsensical. Remember the infinite runway in that last in like Fast Six or so, where they're just like no taxiing. They're, they're flying. They're on a it's runway. Fight, they're fighting on a jet. They're trying to keep it from taking off. And there's like a 20 minute sequence on a runway. And I'm like, this runway must have gone from Paris to freaking London because they're on this runway for a long time. There's a highway chase at the end of this movie, The Snake Eyes, and they they jump onto a vehicle transport. And there's ninjas jumping all over this highway, jumping on this vehicle transport. At no point does the guy driving this vehicle transport or any of the cars around it stop and go, oh, shit, ninjas. I should stop the damn car and pull over. They just, like, keep driving. You would think that ninjas... That's what you have to do when you're in the movie speed. I was thinking that this dude driving the transport, having ninjas, like, on his... Car, they're literally cutting cars off of this transport to try and kill each other. And this dude's, <laughs> and this dude's like, uh, you know what? If this shit ain't in the lot by 6 a.m., I don't day. get paid. I don't get paid. So, like, I just, you know, keep on trucking. Let's stop the car. Pull it over. There are ninjas fighting on the back of your truck. Stop the truck. Stop the truck. Stop the truck. Why are there ninjas fighting on the back of your truck? And you just don't care. You just keep driving. This movie has so many nonsensical scenes. I can't with I feel the snake, like guys. your annoyance with this feel similar to a, to a different... what a grown-up would feel watching this movie <laughs> to a certain <laughs> uh comedian who i adore and loves movie uh that i i wrote to you i wrote a text to you and i was like this movie got made you need to keep writing please because this movie got made i, I don't think you know exactly who i'm talking about I, but i don't have the most like I'm not like like GI Joe's great. I think it's fun. Uh, I don't think it takes a lot to write a good GI Joe movie, and I think a Snake Eyes movie. The challenge there is don't let the studio make him talk. Like figure out how to tell it. <laughs> like like just figure it out. The character is sure. the character. Part of the sure. mystique is the Mandalorian spoke so minimally 
True. True. Boba and Fett it was a totally like, different actor. It was fantastic. So, yeah. like, how it's like my challenge to you, Katie, when you say, I don't know if you can make a feature film with the dude doesn't talk. The Mandalorian would have done it pretty damn well. He would have said seven lines and then Baby Yoda would have gurgled and you would have been like, This movie's great. <laughs> Here's like, the thing. This can well, be done. When we, we and, it, and it's such a, a thing with like we've got a renaissance of video games becoming movies. And when we have characters that mostly do not speak because they are you they're essentially mm-hmm. like you personified it's your actions it's your work it's your you're moving the plot line along that is a hard thing to do in terms of an actual movie and to have an actual character who is visually like audibly and like physically just being the main point that's a hard thing to communicate as a video game does where you can, you can go through that without being mute when you're in a, a medium where you're not, you're, you truly aren't the, the character that's creating all these differences where that character is supposed to be mute because it's basically you making the dialogue, making the decisions, making the whole thing happen. It's, it's a hard thing to commit to. Okay. So don't pay them. <laughs> because okay. like honestly right. if they're going to collect the paycheck like if you're going to collect the paycheck and be the guy who writes the snake eyes the character's mute and and I know you hire Henry Golding you want Henry Golding to talk it, it probably shouldn't be Henry Golding the guy's phenomenal again I will watch him eat cardboard and I will be like this guy's the greatest <laughs> this guy's fantastic he's so charismatic I love the emotion he shows eating cardboard but that's not this gig this gig is the sure. Mandalorian and this gig is minimalist sure. on, you know, and, and I think there, there can be an artistry to that. And I think that yeah. you can make a really great minimalist movie case in point, not a movie I entirely loved. And uh, I will try and keep this short and we'll get our good friend Eric in on the Eric. show to talk about his, his book. Um, but oh, poor Eric is just but, sitting here. <laughs> no, he, 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 he needs to know this. He, <laughs> he, he needs to know. He was probably like, Oh, thinking about going with my husband to go watch the snake guys. No, you are no. not, sir. Uh, you do not do that. Listen, okay? We waited. We waited. You, Cause we're like, do well, not go and see the snake eyes. I went to see this other movie that is similarly minimal, but it's very artistic. And I got to tell you, um, I appreciated this movie. I didn't necessarily love this movie. And it's a shame because I'm talking about The Green Knight, which I was really looking forward to. I was to. curious about this. I, I know I've seen yours and Heidi's post about this. And I, I like the story of this is fascinating to me. Yep. Not quite the thing that you wanted it to be, though, it seems like. No, I was very hyped for this movie. Um, I appreciate A24. My favorite A24 movie, though, is not in this style. It's Uncut Gems with uh, with Adam Sandler. I think Uncut Gems is a freaking masterpiece. I think A24 is awesome. But they're they're horror movies with The Witch and and all that stuff. Like, I feel like it's imagery and sound design and fantastic performances with not a like to me i you can't convince me that this is stuff is okay i'm just going to quote steven soderbergh confusing people doesn't make you an artist no like these movies have minimal like story and i think a lot of it you lay in these images and you lay in the sound design and you stay stay with these characters and that's fine for like moody horror stuff. I don't enjoy those things. 
I need a little bit more story, I need a little more progression. And so I thought that I was going to get that with the Green Knight, which, you know, based on the old tale and the poem, it has progression. And I was going to see how they elaborate on it. They elaborate here in some amazingly visual ways. Dev Patel is amazing. Later on, you have Joel. He's incredible. You have Joel Edgerton in the movie and Alicia Viviker. Like you have these amazing actors in this movie. Every shot of this movie is beautiful. The story and the plot just not my bag. It's Katie. a hard it's a hard story to tell, to be fair. It's a very hard story story to tell. Uh, I think that in this I think you I think there is a I think I think sadly Okay, I, this is a this is a tough movie to make. And yeah. I appreciate I appreciate this movie 100%. I didn't necessarily enjoy watching it even though I appreciated every moment of it. It is a like you said is a hard story to tell because if you start to just turn it back towards convention and you tell it like they did maybe dragon slayer in the eighties or, you know, a typical, you're going to go see a a fantasy film or a knights or authorian legend film. Those things are very high concept plot driven. And this movie is more content contemplative and more, it takes its time asking, asking questions about honor and destiny and time and i don't know if i needed to sit in those things it's very ponderous and i don't and and it took the air out of it for me i think i wanted something a little more balanced towards a traditional narrative but that would have cheapened what they were going for with the artistry and i it just it, it was a it was a tough mix for me, and I don't know if I dug it, but London, I appreciate everything. London, I have to say that this is a very refreshing view from you because you are very you're very much a fan of things, and I love to things. see, yeah, no, you you do you truly do love things, and to see you like so opinionated about these things is kind of refreshing. I'm not going to lie. I want everybody to succeed. I want the guys who do snake. I I want the snake eyes to be a fun movie. I can't wait to watch the suicide squad. And I got to tell you in the chat, (laughs) bold T is like, Jonathan's wearing his hater pants today. Ah, it all comes out of love, man. I want to see a great snake eyes. movie. You came out swinging. You came out swinging. Big Yank says no sudden move was cool. Yeah. That's the new Soderbergh. That's up on HBO max. I, 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 I think he, yeah. You gotta watch that No Sudden Moves. It's really mm-hmm. a slow burn noir, but he uses wide angle lenses in a very extreme way. So everything looks like crazy distorted, but I loved it. And he's got great performances. Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, everybody that's great. David Harbour. But... I fucking love David Harbour. Oh, that guy. I love stories, Katie. I know and, you do. And sometimes no, and it's funny they're not... Like- Sometimes stories just aren't made the way that they work for me, and that's okay. Go enjoy Green Knight. It's very ponderous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair but it's enough. beautiful. But it's main. I, I, I think London not approved. No, I mean honestly, like I, I found out that um, you know Stillwater came out with Mac Damon, and I and yeah. I chose this over that, and, and I was like, oh damn, that was this that was the director who did. Um, uh, what was this, the Michael Keaton movie about the the newspaper a few years ago? Oh, with uh, Melissa McCarthy? No, uh... no, with with uh, what was the uh, the uh, you know what fun, Eric probably knows fun... it. No, about the 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 Catholic Church investigation movie yeah. about the story. 
It was, I don't it was, remember the name of it, but yes, you know, I know uh, what you're it, talking about. It won a couple of Oscars. Spotlight. Big Yanks just That's saved me one. in the chat. Yep. Spotlight. This is the same director as Spotlight. I'm going to go watch the. This is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I, I mean, I, sadly, I, like I'm a dummy. I, like Jungle Cruise, I think would have satisfied me this weekend. I'm Honestly, not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not Jungle a tough Cruise person. Going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm not a tough person to entertain. I think I could have watched Jungle Cruise and enjoyed it. I think I could have definitely watched. Uh, the spotlight director doing Stillwater and Matt Damon's performance and enjoyed it. Even though Matt Damon said some problematic things <laughs> up until recently. Yeah. I guess, I, mean, I guess his teen daughters had to convince him to stop using the, the F word for good. homosexuals. It's like, good. you're late to the party. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Like, let's think about our oldest relative and how disconnected He's not Matt Damon. And that they're not Matt Damon. But at the same time, like, there's going to be a point. And here's the fun, weird thing. London, at some point, there is going to be a point where you are very disconnected from the current culture. It's not now? No, but it's getting there. You're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, like, it's it's like, have you ever thought about the fact that, like, at one point, you're going to be so disconnected from culture that people are going to be like, oh, how offensive are you going to be today? Like... Have you ever thought uh, about that? Katie, I think those were the early days of Geekscape. <laughs> okay. But the ridicule has yeah. kind of set the parameters for me. You know what I mean? Uh, Matt Kelly says, Jonathan spent 25 minutes telling us how a mute character can be used for compelling storytelling. That's right, Matt. I that did. That is true, though. And um, in uh, Just professional think about the fashion. Opening Hold on, Katie. Them. In professional fashion, Katie's in the interrupt train today. Uh, in professional train, shut the Katie up. <laughs> well, I mean, I just you know, it's just mid sentence. It's just the way that it flows. As, as you wait for the person to stop talking. Um, I, I was going to say in non Matt Kelly fashion, I was going to introduce our guest by saying the name of his book, which Matt didn't do on horror movie night. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 25 minutes in let's do this all right our guest is eric j brown he's got a brand new book coming out in early next year called all that's left in the world you can actually pre-order it anywhere you pick up books but let's just have eric on because i'm sorry you guys are all right i spent 25 minutes talking like hate on stuff and i i gotta get some love in here all right that's actually eric. a perfect segue for my book because nobody talks at all in the entire book <laughs> It's don't just silent play. characters the don't whole time. Play. Don't play Eric J. Brown. It's just blank pages. <laughs> Eric J. Brown, author of All That's Left in the World, available early next year. Just gonna, I'm just going to keep saying that because I heard you were recently on Horror Movie Night and you went through the entire <laughs> hour before they were like, oh, we should mention the name. It was of your only book. 20 minutes. Oh. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. You could have fit my entire diatribe. You could have fit that into my entire diatribe about Snake Eyes. And I did say at the end, finally, after Matt told me to. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so, Eric, you're friends of Matt. Anyway, I know we josh about Matt here on the show. We love Matt dearly. Um, how did you become friends with Matt besides just being a Philly guy? Um, so we basically grew up together. We went to the same high school, but we also had the same after-school job um, at an old folks' home. So a retirement community. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all basically servers at a retirement community, and just it's like it was a weird kind of group of people where we all just kind of became friends just because we worked there and it's one of those things where like you maybe like kind of cross paths in school but you see each other all the time after school in 
at work. So, so Eric, what you're telling me is like in high school, Matt was there, but you didn't actually befriend him until it was either like him or having to like listen to a bunch of old people. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that was it. You're like, oh, I can talk to them. I can talk to this guy who just loves pro wrestling and pop punk. <laughs> and How he's about the punk band himself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eric, did you actually witness Matt's band play? Because we played some of those tracks here on the show. I have and, been to a um, few of those shows, actually. Did you? Did you have a favorite song? No, I can't remember the no? one. Oh, Don't weird. put me on the spot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love you, Matt. Okay, but that's amazing, though. I love that you were there for that moment and for that for that genesis of that band. That's How bad. much did you make selling tomatoes at that show? <laughs> oh, oh, Matt Kelly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so, Eric, this author thing, when did you first want to be an author? Because you got this book coming out, and I know that you went to school at Temple for uh, – Creative for film, yeah, for film, but why yeah. not film? Why not do the film thing? You could have directed the snake eyes, and we wouldn't have even been in this mess. <laughs> well, my character would have been quiet the whole time, he would have said one word at the end, and that was it. Ooh, what, what would he, he have said? What was, yeah, what's the one Just, thing he would say? Fuck, that's it. That's the one <laughs> fuck you get in a PG 13. <laughs> he's he like up oh. something oh it'll be so the guy pulls over and there's all the ninjas getting on the thing and he fights all them off and then like whatever happens and then he turns around and sees a whole bunch of ninjas coming out of nowhere and he goes fuck and then cut to black you well cut to directed by eric j brown but so and eric it's it, like maybe he'll return in like yeah. number two okay got he, it. there ain't gonna be no number two of the snake guys <laughs> oh. uh the most accurate part of your summation was a whole bunch of stuff happens, <laughs> which is, it's almost as if you saw the movie. I mean, Aaron I might have even, I was going to check it out on um, Paramount plus whenever it came out there. Cause it's Paramount. So they but... may have to start a new streaming service called negative. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am sorry. You are coming out swinging tonight. I, I'm sorry. It is rare that I feel the dark side of the forest this strongly, Katie, but it put me in a bad mood. I quipped at you. I even cut you from the feed for a stretch. Like, I'm not in a good mood with the snake eyes. I thought the Green Knight would make it better, and it just made me ponder my own mortality. I that made me with miserable. 24 movies, though, because I don't okay, trust t- them. Okay, talk yeah. to me about this, because I think I'm with you on this A24 stuff. The horror movie night kids like Matt, they like it, but as you can tell from his music, he's not too discernible on the craft. Tell me about this A24 stuff. So I my issue with them is it's always, they seem to be marketing a movie more than they're actually making a movie. So sure. I like I like the some of the horror movies I like. I like Hereditary and even Midsommar. But for the most part, they... I didn't go, I didn't watch The Lighthouse because it just seemed like it was one of those movies that's, it's supposed to be a horror, but then when you go and you see it, it's actually not scary at all. And then maybe like something horrific happens at some point. Because I saw it was actually, it's a pandemic movie. It was the, Mm -hmm. it comes at night, I think. Mm -hmm. And they advertise it to be something it's not at all. Mm -hmm. So if I had gone in knowing it was about some, flu that wipes out the world i'm a fan of things like that yeah but they didn't it made it look like some like monster movie or something so then when i w- started watching it i'm like what is this movie about well the, the lighthouse so is still then, one I... that i i'm sorry lighthouse is one that i still want to see but 
I think you just go in knowing their performances will be good, but it's it's like hipster horror-y too much. Yeah. And it's just, okay, well, if you want to see a bunch of like really nice visuals with some like basically the 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 sound design of like nails getting stretched across something like okay they do like that they like the nails getting stretched across things and they like the ticking clock sound they like that stuff and then you just put like a an image of like a close-up of a goat eye like every two minutes and i think you get yourself a a good movie um which then (laughs) the vivage or as i call it burning man origins um because that's what it, when it ended i was like well okay that's a that's a thing okay so tell us a little bit um eric about this uh book you you hinted at all uh at the plot of all that's left in the world but like what's it actually about so it's about uh two kids who happen to survive a viral apocalypse they're um it's a basically a flu that wipes out most of the population and these two kind of uh one of the characters, Andrew, he's injured and kind of finds this house in the middle of nowhere, breaks in to kind of heal himself and kind of wrap everything up and realize there's somebody else there. And the two of them create a, have a, like a relationship. And then it's just about them trying to survive in this new world. And they're also, it's also a love story. So they're falling mm-hmm. in love as well. So the, the young adult stuff, and I haven't read this stuff. I mean, young YA just, it seemed like it exploded kind of around Harry Potter, would you agree? Because by that point, I was in college, and I so, don't remember young adult being, when I was in middle school or a young adult was being aimed at me, I don't remember it really being a massive juggernaut of a, of a, a book genre. Yeah, with, with Harry Potter, that started younger, so that was more like the age category before this that slowly evolved into this new thing. And... I think the big YA explosion was around Twilight and the Hunger Games. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was when everything, because like they started, like publishing houses started buying things left and right with anything with vampires, anything that looks dystopian. And then like there was this oversaturation of that at the time. And hopefully there's not anymore because the mind's like still kind of post apocalyptic. So. But you wouldn't describe your book as dystopian. You would describe it as barren. The world is kind of barren with some ma- like bad actors in it. Yeah. And, and I think it's more, there's like little tiny dystopian elements to it because there is society somewhere. It's just like people are kind of starting to get back on their feet after this pandemic hits and destroys everything. It's just like civilization's gone. But you were uh, writing this before we entered a pandemic. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't write books, but they seem like they take a long time. It actually, my book sold on March thirteenth, twenty twenty, which wow. the Rudy Gobert game was March twelfth. <laughs> it, it was um, it was the first day that uh, my publisher was closing um, in New York and. Basically, like, I think, I don't even think their office has been open since. So, wow. and I, I wrote the first draft of it in 2015. Okay. Um, and it, it was rough. So I just kind of, there was something up with like the last half of it. I just didn't know what was wrong with it. It took a while to get there. And then I signed with my agent with this book in 2019. And we just did a little bit of work on it. And I think towards the end of 2019, he was like, all right, let's go out on submission Probably in like February, we'll do one more pass in, over like the holidays, send it to me in the early beginning of next year, and then we'll go out on submission. And 
I think we went out on submission February 22nd, maybe, and it sold on March 13th. Incredible. So it was In- like... You created you, you. So you caused this whole thing, basically. No. Um, I don't know. I mean, he seems to have like things line up. You know, like let me put on my let me hold on. Like my friend QAnon, he said that these things they they seem to line up. No, so you think it's a quit? You listen. I did some research on YouTube, Katie. Katie, I did my YouTube research. You should try uh, doing some. Re- I did my research, and it sounds like these dates all line up. And I don't know. I have like, to say on page one forty one. Yes. The letter Q is on this page. So, Derek, did you, you hear what he something. just said? Did you what? hear what he just said, Eric J. Brown? You oh know, my God. you and know what a he's Q a Q in queer, which it's a queer what? book. Do, do, do you see how it all lines up? Okay, I'm seeing. I'm seeing the planets align. Everything, it's all happening right now, you guys. Well, oh. in all honesty, and I am joking, folks. Uh, what? I know. Well, you know, I. I so here's the thing. I, you say that I have to say that I'm joking now and I hate having to do that, but it is insane. somebody was just telling me that people don't know giraffes exist. Wait, what? And, and that was literally a joke in my short film, gay by Dawn, making fun of homophobes <laughs> was that these it. people were like, how do I like, what the hell is a giraffe? Like, it's a joke that these people wouldn't know that giraffes exist. And then I heard today that some people honestly are doubting that giraffes exist. So I have to tell people, Oh, I'm joking. Or else they might be like, oh, that Eric J. Brown, you know, he's been you hanging out exactly. with Fauci. They're going to clip the part <laughs> that you don't want. Oh, no. Great. My career's canceled. Thank I you. should yeah. be like Snake Eyes and just not, not I should be, I should be like Snake Eyes and just not say shit. <laughs> Damn it. But, but you can't be, you can't because uh, that's a human life and uh, you're just going to say things and people are going to clip it the way they're going to clip it. Invest yeah. in education. If you're hearing anything, Geeks gave us invest in education. Um, so, so Eric, uh, talk to me about how this came about. Because did you did you write this? What was the impetus for this? The inspiration for this was it the pandemic storyline, the loneliness? Was it the queer storyline as a love story? What parts inspired what? What was you know was the, the queer storyline lead to a theme of loneliness that lent itself to a pandemic storyline? Or did the pandemic storylines be something? Was that a world you wanted to write about that lend itself to loneliness, lend itself to a queer love story? So I was um, at the time I was watching uh, The Walking Dead, Mm. and it was 2015, so they didn't have any queer characters at the time. And Mm. I know they've changed that since, but I just kept watching it, and I was like, "Where are all the gay people? Like, where?" Why are all of these people cripplingly straight? Like, why is this? Because I think, I think that queer people, we would survive the apocalypse because we're very adaptable. I mean, and also the world's been trying to kill us for how long now? So yeah, I'm, I, think I think we're Eric, fine. The phrase cripplingly straight is the next book you need to write. I love that so much. And it's like, listen, our next set of superheroes needs to be everybody on the spectrum and like not the crippling. <laughs> the Walking Dead, everyone is cripplingly straight. I fucking love that. I, that's so amazing. Much. But you're right, y'all. I mean, like not to make things too overly serious, but like there is a plague analogy here that is synonymous with the stuff that was going on in the eighties. And like, if anybody's going to be vigilant against an infection, exactly, it's yeah. probably the gays, yeah. as my mother would say them, the gays. 
she's from Mexico. So, I mean, that's where it started. I just, and also, um, I wanted to kind of, I didn't want it to be zombies because obviously, like, The Walking Dead, it was already played out by that point. So I was like, well, what kind of post-apocalyptic thing could happen? And I just figured a pandemic would be terrible. So (laughs) I was right. Right. It's it's too real, Roy. It's too real. (laughs) (laughs) Now I wish it was just aliens. I should have done that. Either way. (laughs) So the pandemic post-human or post-society kind of storyline was the one that you put yourself in. But immediately upon seeing the overly hetero <laughs> Walking Dead, you were like, nah, come on. Like, yeah. let's let's put some gays in this. And um in but then why why a um so the that's the other thing I wanted to kind of focus on. One of the characters from the beginning is uh he's gay. And the other thing I was thinking about was we're already a minority. Queer people are already minorities. So if half of the world is wiped out, even more than half of the world is wiped out, we're even more so. So it's like, what happens with uh, queer people who are basically feel like they're the only ones left on the earth? And Mm -hmm. then there's also people who just haven't even discovered their sexuality yet. So the other character, Jamie, he kind of starts to fall for this guy. He has never experienced that before. He's never been able to. So I wanted to kind of have the apocalypse be a good way of kind of letting him go through all of these emotions and figure out his sexuality. You're growing so up I in think this, yeah. with doing that for a young adult audience, I think just made more sense. It was just yeah. because you're trying to figure out your life and now there's this apocalypse that happens and there's even more for you to figure out. So. Yeah, because I think if they're older gays, they're just whipping ass. Yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, we, had, we had talked about why on The Walking Dead, specifically why in zombie movies, The Walking Dead, there aren't fucking leather daddies out there just whipping <laughs> ass. Because you, let's face it, if a bunch of rotten flesh with teeth were coming at you, you would wear leather because they can't bite through it. So yeah. like the leather daddies would inherit the fucking earth. They'd be running around just sweating and whipping the ass. You know, they got the tools, they got the armor. They'd just they be whipping ass. Membership, yeah, no, we have, we have no. But listen, they're fit. You know, like listen, they're ready to roll. They're just whipping ass. I'm putting my money on them. We've yeah. talked about this on the show, but you're right. If somebody is just burgeoning into their sexuality and they don't have context because society has been wiped. Finding another human being would, yeah, no, th- th- that's great. And that lends itself to YA as yourself, Eric, like, you know, growing up and being queer, what was out there that resonated there was, with you? And, and how nothing. early, how early was that? Yeah. Um, I mean, there, it wasn't that there was nothing. It was that there, it was, was so hard to find. Um, I, I know like there was, um, there's a association called Lambda Literary that I'm a fellow with, um, and they have been, I think since 87, they have been like spearheading, uh, queer voices. And the thing is, I didn't even know about that as a kid and they had a young adult, um, like category in their award ceremonies every year, they would have the young adult categories, but a lot of issues in like the nineties and early two thousands, it was always like issue books. So it would be 
just about like these queer kids having a terrible life and that's it. And then slowly in the late 2000s, probably like mid aughts, maybe they started doing more stuff where it's like, this is just a normal genre story, but it just happens that this character is queer. And so that's when I started kind of like hearing about those books and I started seeking them out as an adult too, because I was like, I wish that I still had this when I was a kid. And so now it used to be where um, maybe a big publisher would publish one or two queer novels a year for kids. And now there's sometimes there's even like 10 a week. All Whoa. Coming out. I know like with um, uh, the most recent Pride Month, I know there was just probably six or seven every single Tuesday, one right after the other. And my bank account took a hit, but it's okay. It's worth it. <laughs> Eric, where you? Yeah, and in 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 line with what Katie just said, like, where do you stand on that? Because obviously, you don't necessarily want too much of a crowded field with your book coming out, or because it's it, you yeah, know it's I'm... hard to rise to the top, or like, but at the same time, like, this is important stuff, and every one of these books could be somebody's big book where it means a lot to them. I'm all about it because, like, the um, publishing industry as a whole, and especially. Uh, other authors like we all support each other so i'm all about as many as possible like maybe not like 30 every tuesday but (laughs) i mean i would i'm more than happy for there to be more queer authors writing books every other month that isn't pride month too Mm -hmm. because there's also uh i think july is lgbt wrath month um i which we tried to figure out i think January has to be sloth. Okay. February has to be lust month. Why y'all got a lot? So the sins, like what's the, the story sins, there? Yeah. yeah. What's this? Um, but do you, is it counterproductive for the homophobes to see the queer stories aligning themselves with sins? Does that make I sense? Know, I was just a joke. Okay. That's I was about to say, <laughs> uh, Eric, I'm not very smart. So like you had me see, this is why Katie, you have to tell people when you're joking, because you get a Jonathan out there who's then like, wait, is this who a thing in the publishing your, industry? Because yeah. I was about to be like, this. Ex- I was about to be like, this explains J.K. Rowling completely. Well, because, listen, like, are in a whole other situation. Because <laughs> I was in Target the other day looking for a fan. I think the fan is here in this room with me. It's doing oh, a like a literal job. electric. Fan. A little fan. No, I, 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 I was I like, do. you're just going through You're're Target being like, anybody a geek fan? <laughs> I have to purchase them at this point. Um, <laughs> No, I, I'm never going to find fans. Are you kidding me? Uh, but I saw this whole row full of Harry Potter stuff. And I was like, nope, can't get behind that. Just because this J.K. Rowling stuff is so That's right. just, I can't effing get behind this. And I was obviously disappointed with this Matt Damon stuff because I think Matt Damon's a good actor. I've met Matt Damon years ago when I first moved to L.A. One of my starts was I Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, were the sponsors of like Project Greenlight. Remember that Project Greenlight show on HBO? And they would, were sponsoring this Coca-Cola award that I got and I got to shoot a commercial and all this stuff and they were and they were super awesome and supportive. And then to hear this thing with Matt Damon saying that he was using the F word up until recently. Uh-uh. I and don't know often that... enough around his children too, which is, I, I thought was weird. It's very weird. It's very weird and... It's unfortunate to the effect that, like, you know, if you tell somebody, like, hey, this is offensive for so many reasons, and somebody doesn't 
continue to change that behavior, that's that's unfortunate and not to be celebrated. It's like a so it's like a guy's thing, right? Oh, you f. Oh, you f. So f. Guys, I'll tell you straight up. Early years of Geekscape, this guy right here, Jonathan, used to act like that little jerk. And I remember Brian Walton, who was an early Geekscapist who would help me with the show, just said, "Hey, Jonathan." You can't do that. And I was like, oh, I'm just being a no, no, no. The first words out of my mouth were the wrong words. That's the end. The done. It's done. Yeah. It's done. It's done. Yeah. So I'm kind of horrified every time of all the stupid things I've done on this show, Geek Scavis. Let me be earnest with you. With all the stupid things I've done over 15 years, that early on in the feed is this. And I've said I, I won't delete the episodes. I won't. You know, it's like it's like a, a Truman of show of this idiot and that that's the stuff that to me haunts me the most in the early years of geekscape was that jonathan was just this little edgelord trying to get an audience and that shit wasn't cool and was probably horrid for individuals to hear and the reason i could go to target and can't find a fan Because that's, that's the anybody, anybody who was not Matt Kelly sh- should have abandoned me years ago. <laughs> no, it, like it, here's the thing: is that like unless you learn from these mistakes, like who are we to judge? Like it, it's just I'll judge we have all, uh, Yes, we can absolutely judge it. But the problem is, is that like unless we learn from it, what what will we do to grow the story? Um, and I just I'm curious, Eric. For you, what is like? What is your message for writers who are of you know the LGBTQ community who are scared to write their story, who are scared to uh, in, like put the thing that that's out there that like no one's really talked about? And forgive me for putting this burden on you, but like, what what is it that brought you to be able to like put the words to the page? I think it's just you do it for yourself more than anything. Cause it's, I, again, I always wanted that when I was a kid, I wanted books that like had queer characters in them because I'll say like, I thought that when I realized that I was gay, that it meant I didn't have a future at all. And that's mm-hmm. what everybody who's been queer has been told for so long. And they don't have like, there's no uh, like happy ending for us. We always are either the ones who are killed or, we're just miserable or we get HIV and die. And that's it. That's what every single story was. And it's just now we're, and that's what, when people get pissed off about, oh, well, why does everybody have to be different in all of these new things? It's like, because people don't see it enough. They have to be. Like at its base roots, we are just different people. Mm -hmm. And like to not have a voice for that is, is detrimental. And I, I, Thank you for that. <laughs> I, I, it, Hollywood publishes these reports on representation, and my next film has two Hispanic leads in it. I'm half Mexican myself, but I'm reading about Texas, my home state, which whew, they do love like effing with the minorities. It's actually the most diverse state in the union, which is was surprising to me because obviously you have the Northeast, but they have so many minorities, and obviously the influx of immigrants um yet it is completely not represented in some of the material coming out of that state and the educational stuff coming out of that state and i just like can you imagine going through grade school and not seeing yourself represented 
Um, and let's just, you know what? I can try and be smart with all this shit all you want. It's just not that interesting otherwise. <laughs> you, do, you know what I mean? Like, did y'all see the, the, the Carl Sagan clip where he was on the talk show? And he's like, I'll tell you what, if there are a bunch of aliens out there, they sure as fuck don't look like Luke Skywalker and a bunch of white people running around in Star Wars. He was talking about Star Wars and he was saying, they don't look like a bunch of white people. <laughs> it was fantastic. I saw it's that just not interesting. It's just I, I, not interesting. Yeah, no, and, I, and this is why I'm so appreciative of your art and your work uh, in all of this, Eric, because thank you for bringing more stories to this because we do need voices for the voiceless. And I will say, if anybody is looking for an author to support who, after Harry Potter stuff, <laughs> uh, there's a book that came out this year, no, last year, I think, mm -hmm. or this year. It's called Amari and the Night Brothers. Um, it's a really 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 great book i just finished it and it basically it's basically like if um men in black was for every single like mythical creature in the world so it's That's aliens but it's also all of these mythical creatures and magicians and all that stuff and it's this little girl who her um older brother disappears one day and this mysterious guy shows up with a suitcase that she give he gives to her and she learns that he was part of the society and he has nominated her in his disappearance and so she goes and is trained to do like all this stuff with like almost like the fbi agents for this yeah. um society to kind of hold back the mythological world from our world what's and it called again amari and the night brothers logan it's pop is really good facebook and he says oh that sounds amazing and i need to read it and that sounds yeah great and the sequel i think comes out this year or next year i should have looked it up sorry before listen, i plugged listen, it but li listen we, we we have one book that we're concentrating on right now and that comes out march it's 8th. my publisher too so i'm allowed to <laughs> okay. hey, say all these go. other <laughs> march march 8 2022 you can pick up this book but pre-order it right now you don't have to wait until march 20 uh, march 8th yeah. to to get it uh, pre-order it it's called all that's left in the world it sounds awesome and i don't think that eric that you have to be queer to enjoy this book i think it's just a yeah. love story and if you're into post-apocalyptic stuff or if you were like man i really miss those plague days we just lived through i miss i miss 2021 i just i miss it um or, or I, I miss 2020 than walking I miss dead 2020 <laughs> uh you know uh if, you, if you're like oh man i want to harken back to those toilet paper list days uh pre-order this book and you can relive them march 8th 2022 uh, all that's left in the world uh the comments are popping there's a good new friend in here uh called david wilt um and he says you know what part of being equal is being treated like equal so yeah i agree david let's treat people as equals uh logan's back and he says i'll make it a self-birthday present since it's the day before my birthday and there's Aww. no such thing as enough books baby Happy birthday Truth. it's you a great that, birthday right. present um and then um <laughs> david will said hey speaking of harry potter there's a movie from the 90s that's sort of like harry pre-harry potter called the page master baby i know the page <gasps> master oh, we know the page master, master. oh my gosh I had to fast forward through the Jekyll and Hyde section. That was my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> it freaked me out too much. <laughs> a friend of the show who's been on Geekscape named Scott Stockdike. He won an Oscar for Spider-Man 2. 
uh, he's the effects, he's Sam Raimi's effects guy. Maybe he, maybe he's working on Doctor Strange too right now. But Scott's first job in Hollywood, he told me, was on the Page Master when he first got into special effects. His first job was on the Page Master, so I know Page Master, the Macaulay Culkin, Christopher Lloyd classic very well. And if that's the kind of stuff you're into, David. Um, y'all know Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman has a Sandman series coming up. Neil Gaiman has a series called The Books of Magic, which uh, was a comic as well. And I think it almost got to the point of lawsuits when Harry Potter came out because it's a young boy magician in a magician school. And it was very similar to oh. Harry Potter. And Books of Magic had been out since early 90s at least at least in comic book form um so look up books of magic it's got to be reprinted i think it's a vertigo warner brothers warner you know dc book but see if they have that david you might enjoy the books of magic if you're into harry potter uh and i'm all for alternatives to harry potter on this because sorry jk you you blew it um page master rules so hard logan pop (laughs) says and i'm totally fine with this becoming a page master love fest because we started it as a snake eyes not so a love fest fest. (laughs) um eric when did you decide to like tell your story and i gotta tell you like creatively the courage of becoming a creative and just putting stuff out there to ridicule how synonymous is that with going get it, like coming out because i imagine that's a huge step too did they come hand in hand or were you like you know what i came out fuck it i'm gonna follow my creative dream despite the odds being like against it you know what i mean as everybody's like oh that's a really tough pursuit oh yeah motherfucker we only get one of these lives i'm gonna do it yeah <laughs> um i honestly i am gonna get kind of emotional probably but it was because of my mom she was supportive of me always ever since i was a kid i have this one uh, picture i posted on instagram the other day um she gave me a book on writing in 1997 and basically said i was a writer and that i needed to focus like go after that and she was also the one who said that she should support. She supported me going to film school. She was like, you should go to film school. And at the time I went, that's a thing. I can actually do that. It's not just like a Dawson's Creek plot point. <laughs> so just the fact that she told me that I was, I felt like I could do it. And so I did. And I just, and it was a long road clearly. Cause I graduated in 2009 and I had been trying ever since then pretty much to get published. And um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, J.K. Rowling, she got uh, rejected six times. Fuck that. I got rejected like 250 sometimes. I lost count. I have an entire like folder in my Gmail that says rejections. And I put every single query that I sent out to agents. And I put every single rejection I got back from editors, which this book was even rejected by, I think, 18 people. So even them, it it was even them, they were the best rejections I've ever had, though, because I had never gotten this far before. But I mean, everybody gets rejected. It's just you have to keep trying it anyway, because if you do like it, you do it. You keep doing it. So, I mean, I was miserable sometimes, but it worked out so far. So, you hear that, Matt Kelly, on the it. dating apps? You hear that, Matt Kelly, on the dating apps? You just <laughs> oh you get rejected. You got to keep swiping, baby. You just got to keep going. You know, maybe not. Works. Maybe not with the battle of the bands, but with the dating <laughs> thing, 
Absolutely. Uh, Logan Pop is back, and he's just knocking him out of the park. Let's be honest. We should all be rejecting Rowling as an entire <laughs> as society, society yeah. now. Absolutely. Oh. Reject the turfs. It's fine. Um, was there anyone that you enjoyed? Like, you had, a, like, a sick obsession with, like, oh, yeah, I got, obje- I got rejected from this place. I think... I like I don't think there was ever one where I was excited. I mean, I kind of was because there's certain editors that like when my agent went out on submission, he sent me this whole list of who he was sending it to and what they were a part of. So like I've seen those books that they have edited on my bookshelves. So that I kind of was like, they're going to be reading my book. That's awesome. And so even if the, even when they rejected me, a lot of them were like, oh, I really love this, but it's just not right for me. And I don't sure. think I can spearhead this. So I was totally cool with it. I'm like, all right, well, you still say you loved it. Okay. There was one person who um, it was a I read a few books that he edited and he actually said that he couldn't. Reckon, he wished that I wrote just a regular, like contemporary young adult novel that was just about kids doing whatever, because he loved my banter, but he couldn't like reconcile the funny banter with this super dark story of the end of the world. <laughs> what else are you gonna like, do? Well, that's on you, dude. So <laughs> that's, we... that's kind of a real life thing. <laughs> Katie, you're the comedian here. Have we ever been funnier than we were in 2020 when it just looked like <laughs> the end of dark. humanity? It, it was, was just, just dark. It's just we darkness all around. <laughs> Remember the because fucking. That... Yeah. I feel like there, there, there's a weird line in terms of like comedy and and, and like strife. And when it, it comes to something that's so desolate that like you almost have to go to comedy in order to survive it because it raises you up above a bar where it's just like, I could be depressed as hell about all of these circumstances, about all these things that are riding against me. And I think that's why comedy works because you're railing against the odds that like you should be down in the dumps and doing this like depressing ass shit. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not. And like, that's, that's what makes comedy so good. And I think that's, that's why you're, that's why your banter sings. Because the alternative is uh, everybody just making sourdough for two weeks. As we, as we learned during the (laughs) pandemic and that shit's not funny. I was really upset too because I was already really getting into sourdough in, like in January, <laughs> and then all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, I'm starting to make a sourdough starter," and then my sourdough starter hasn't risen at all. I'm struggling with it, and I'm like, "Well, everyone else is doing it now." It's Have you fun. been feeding your sourdough starter? Uh, it's in my fridge, and I haven't fed it in probably seven months. Oh, okay. That, so that, that Tamagotchi is fine. Dead. It'll be fine. That Tamagotchi, that Tamagotchi is dead, baby. London I also have kombucha scobies yeah. in little jars. Ooh. It looks like <laughs> the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in my <laughs> cupboard in the kitchen. Did you ever have oh, a Tamagotchi as a kid? Those little digital pets that you had to keep alive? I didn't have a Tamagotchi because I could never find them. So I got a digit pet. It was a little sure. monkey. Oh, yeah. No, that'll, work. that'll work. It's like a knockoff Digimon. In a I way. love how now you have like seven things you have to keep alive. You know, it's amazing. Uh, Logan says. Training a... for motherhood, but never <laughs> following through. Uh, I'm a line cook and I fucked sourdough up so bad. Uh, Katie just said training for motherhood, but like. I failing would... so hard. I have a horrible 
I, had, I was going to say a horrible joke. I was going to be like, that's Tamagotchi. <laughs> to have like the sourdough and the multiple things you have to keep alive at once as a gay person is probably like, you know what? Fuck it. I can raise it. I can raise something better than the straight skin. We're doing this. We're going to keep it alive. Well, um, the one thing we're keeping alive, the one thing we're spearheading right now is this book, Geekscape. It sounds fantastic. Again, it's called All That's Left in the World. You can pre-order it right now if you're an Amazon fan. Or really what you got to be doing is going over to Eric's website. If you go to Eric j with a k eric j brown.com you can read up on eric they got a much better description on the man than the publisher has no offense to the publisher you all are kicking some ass putting the books out um but again that's eric with a k j brown.com go visit like follow this man on the twitter on the instagram and all that stuff um and of course more than anything pre-order this book all that's left in the world out march 8th to the 2022 if it's, if it's not your thing if you're not any young adult fiction buy it for somebody who is you know makes a great gift mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely i'm excited for it yeah thank you um eric thank you for coming on geekscape thank you for having me this is great guys thank you for humoring <laughs> matt in the horror movie night <laughs> we, as eric discovered we have many shows here at the geekscape network and uh we want y'all to explore all of them we're actually talking we talked to a new podcaster today about bringing his show over to the Geekscape Network. We're always adding shows. We're trying to uh, just have a bunch of offerings for y'all. The average person, I think, listens to five podcasts a week. Um, We're really glad this is one that's hitting your ears right now. Um, So we're going to keep pushing. Oh, I got to tell you, Matt, speaking of Matt, how awesome he is, go to Geekscape uh, go to Geekscape TV on YouTube and check out some of the videos Matt has been making. For he and AJ Santini for the 40th anniversary of MTV put dropped three videos. I watched this the 10 strangest videos played in the first 24 hours on MTV today. I loved it. AJ's got a great voice. Matt and AJ wrote some really great stuff. It's a good video. I can't wait to see what else is coming from that YouTube channel. But subscribe to Geekscape tv for weekly videos and more over on on that and we're just slowly working on stuff like the twitch channel the youtube but uh, matt's only one man and you gotta uh, help him out guys we gotta help him out out. Uh, and we have the patreon going and all that money goes to matt too to keep him from being on the streets which (laughs) don't see eric helping him out i mean (sighs) eric you've known him the longest and like authors do not get paid that well (laughs) (laughs) buy my book by the book knows his actual music he was there for the genesis he's like he's like i'm done investing in this kid uh all right eric thank you for joining us katie anything you left to add you can always follow katie too at l sassy pants on any platform unless it's tiktok and l sassy pants with a z (laughs) what happened there katie yeah, I got kicked off. I got kicked off and uh, cannot connect my Instagram to TikTok. It's fine. It's fine. We're working on it. It's fine. <laughs> L Sassy Pants with a Z on TikTok with an S anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thanks for coming on. Geekscapers, thanks for listening. Uh, we love you. We'll be here next week. Oh, and I guess because the Suicide Squad comes out, that I guess you are going to listen to Ian Kerner and I do a deep dive on James Gunn's latest. So look forward to that. Um, that'll probably be up around this weekend or next week. Um, tons of Geekscape coming for y'all, but you encourage us with your ears. Every time you subscribe, you just tell us for more. So thank you for that. Uh, go out there and don't hate create folks. Okay. We will talk to y'all next week. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 